That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a season. That's right. The Denver Nuggets season is over. The NBA regular season is over. And I want to say, I want to say, hey, just like that, the season's behind us. But... In all actuality, um, you know this probably as well as I do, uh, if we're on the same page with this one. Um, the last month of this season was kind of laboring. You know, for both, I think, the fan base and the basketball team itself. Um, and we'll get to um, a couple of these, you know, three or four, like, overarching themes um, of the season that is is behind us now officially, but also um, overarching themes moving forward here in the next uh, what we hope is a, is a couple month uh, months run of Nuggets playoff basketball, and I think you could fairly say without sounding um, over sensationalized or hyperbolic that this is quite literally the most anticipated postseason in the history of the Denver Nuggets going back to their inception into the NBA in the mid-1970s. I think it's 1975, 76 was the first season. Um, you can go through it year by year, and this year has a very good argument uh, to be the best opportunity in the history of the Nuggets organization to win an NBA championship. And I think the natural factors at play here, you know as well as I do. You have the MVP of the league. You have a core that is uh, not a two-man or three-man, but it's a four-man core all on, you know, if not max contracts, $100 million contracts, okay? You have a supporting cast that, um, while not elite, um, is very good when you talk about Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Bruce Brown and you know, maybe even Christian Brown, uh, and you have home court advantage. You're the number one seed for uh, the only time ever in the history of the franchise. And you're doing this all. This is all living in a universe where there is not a um, a, a, a natural superpower uh, in the league in general, but more specifically in the Western Conference. So your path to make the first ever finals appearance in the history of the Nuggets, it's it's not grooved, okay, because it's professional sports at the highest level. It's going to be tough. It's supposed to be tough, okay? But so grooved is the wrong word, but there are not these um, just massive roadblocks in your way that have historically lived in the NBA, uh, and really, in the last 25 years, historically lived in the Western Conference uh, for big you know, swaths of, of that time period. So all those energies coming together, and here you are. And maybe the most important thing amidst all that, amidst all that, the biggest question for years now, and it feels crazy like we're living in this like fever dream of, of the last three years and the blurriness of the pandemic and these seasons, like whether they're, you know, delayed or bubble and all this stuff. We're like fully out of that. 
and we've been talking about injuries with this team for literally years, and you're here and you're whole. I mean, this is, and we talked about this last week, if you want to argue that this has been a perfect Denver Nuggets season, you could. You could. But you'd be arguing against a recency bias because, and and, and this is, you know, it's so interesting to hear the, the conversations surrounding where the Nuggets are at right now because I think if I plucked you in August and dropped you right here and you did not know the context of, um, like the game-by-game context of the last four or five weeks, okay? And you were just delivered the facts of, hey, the Nuggets are the number one seed. Jokic is in the MVP race. The Nuggets are completely healthy. What you wanted to see from Jamal and the reintegration of missing a couple years is accomplished. Michael Porter Jr., after missing all but nine games a year ago, he's back. He stayed healthy for the most part. He's played well for the most part. Like... But then you actually hear the discourse surrounding the team. You'd be like, what? Like, again, if I plucked you in August and dropped you in the middle of these, some of these sports radio conversations, you'd be like, how is this conversation happening? Everything worked out the way that you wanted it to. But as oftentimes happens in sports, it's like, how do you get there? How, how did it fall? How does it feel? And I know for a lot of people, um, partially myself included, these last five weeks were so... Um, and I'm using five weeks as a generality. I, I don't really know exactly the timestamp of post-All-Star break, but you, you follow me here. Um, it's been a lot of uninspired basketball. The team is essentially a 500 basketball team post-All-Star break with a record of 12 wins and 11 losses. That's not ideal. This is a team that um, heading towards the finish line in the final you know week and a half, two weeks of the season has um, not looked at all like itself and losers in five of the last seven games. And what's more context is it, it, context is in two the two wins, uh, your starters didn't even play, and that was a, a nail biting win at home against Golden State, and then Sacramento to finish the season. So we have not seen the Nuggets starters play and win a game in the month of April. It's April 11th. This the playoffs aren't going to get started. Uh, until uh, I believe Sunday, which would be a week from their uh, the, their most recent game, which the starters didn't play. So you're talking about like I don't know uh, three weeks, three weeks since you saw the Denver Nuggets starters play and play well and win a game. That last victory was uh, on a Monday at the end of March against Philadelphia when Embiid didn't play. That feels like that feels like a month ago right now, and we still have to wait wait nearly a week to see the Nuggets back in action. So. It sees two schools of thought right now of like, okay, what do you trust more? Do you trust the, the best moments are of the nuggets that were earlier in the season that are somewhat hard to remember what that actually looked like back in, you know, January and February? Or do you trust who this team has been for the last, you know, month plus? And that has been very uninspired and, you know, uh, just lackluster basketball. I think reasonable minds can disagree. And ultimately, the results of what will happen in these playoffs will retroactively dictate um, our view on the finish of the season. I think the low-hanging fruit example recently in Denver sports is the Avalanche. The Avalanche had the same finish to their season a year ago. They lost six of their last seven. 
Okay, forget five of last seven. Abs were just falling on their face, headed towards the finish line. Guess what? They absolutely cracked their first round opponent. I remember I was there. The two teams didn't look like they belong in the same galaxy. And we didn't even reference the way that they finished the season. Had they gone out and struggled, we say we would say, yeah, that's a continuation of what we've been seeing. Why are we surprised? So uh, ultimately, how the Nuggets perform over the next month um, will, like I said, retroactively dictate um, um, a lot of our opinions on on this finish to the season, this uninspiring, unremarkable finish to the season. So here we go. Buckle up. I mean, seriously, wear a seatbelt. It's it's not going to be all peaches and cream. It's just not. And I don't care who they play in the first round. Now, we're not going to get too much into the conversation of their specific opponent because you know the options. There's a handful of them. And uh, at the time of recording, it's Tuesday, April 10th uh, at, at about 10 o'clock in the morning. And we'll know the answers to that here over the next couple days. So we'll circle back here in a couple days and uh, give a preview to the first round series that should be beginning on uh, Sunday. That's the word right now. So I'll look for us to uh, circle back on Friday uh, to, uh, and maybe even Thursday, we'll see. Uh, And maybe we'll bring a guest on to preview things uh, for the first time in a long time. But look out for that episode a little bit later in the week. Um, It's now or never. Okay, we know this to be true. If the Nuggets, uh, 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 the Nuggets are ready right now, um, and I, th- I think you already know this, but like national commentary, the Nuggets might be the most unbelievable one seed in recent memory. And I don't mean that like they're unbelievably great. I'm talking about people do not believe in the Nuggets. I have not seen one national commentator pick the Nuggets to win the title. Um, and I can't blame them. You're talking about getting to a place they've never been and then jumping over that hurdle, whether it be Philly, Milwaukee, or Boston. It'll likely be one of those three. So it's going to be a tall task. It really is. And and I wonder who there is more pressure on heading into these playoffs, Michael Malone or Nikola Jokic? Man, if Michael Malone, and guys, listen to me, okay, because I, I, I... this is an opinion, but it's almost like bordering on fact from where where I stand, okay? And what this team, what this ownership group has invested in this basketball team, okay? If Michael Malone does not make it past the second round, there will be a different coach on the, uh, on the end of the bench in October of next year. I don't think that's a hot take. I think it's at room temperature. It's, it's, it's not only inbounds, it's right at center court. You have got to at least match what you've already done. If you have all these factors working in your favor that we talked about at the very top, okay, the one seed, the MVP, the, a healthy roster, no super team in your way. If you fail to get where you've already been, and that's the Western Conference Finals, uh, I, I think he's a goner. This is one of the most tenured coaches in the NBA, and that could actually work against him. It's like Spolstra, Pop, uh, 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 Steve Kerr, and Michael Malone. Like, that's the most tenured coaches in the NBA. And a lot of times that tenured nature can work in your favor because the Nuggets are so close, and they've they flirted with um, real playoff success before. I think the question from the ownership group will be, you know, this has been the perfect coach up until this point. Is he still the perfect coach to try to get us to the mountaintop? And if you don't... Um, 
get close to that mountaintop, if you're halfway up the mountain and you have got to bail back to base camp, I, 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 I just think that they will go in a different direction. If they get to the Western Conference Finals, you're in the Final Four, and I think more than likely he's safe. You still could see a change. I think it's still on the table, um, but but um, less realistic than, than – I mean, obviously, if the Nuggets lose in the first round, he, he's absolutely gone. And I think if the Nuggets lose in the first round, like the big-picture – you know, wholesale um, shakeup conversations will be will be in play. Uh, just prepare yourself for it. And by the way, they're already in play now for some folks. And I'll tell you why here in just a couple minutes. Um, my eyes are on Jamal Murray. Uh, I have asked the question throughout uh, these last couple months here on the Mile High Hoops podcast: Does Jamal Murray have the chops to be the second best player? on a championship team. I just can't see Michael Porter Jr. for long stretches during these playoffs being the best player on a championship team. I've already seen what it looks like when uh, uh, Aaron Gordon is asked to be that. This is Jamal's time, okay? We waited a long time for him to come back. He's had some setbacks, okay? We've had some doubts along the way. Now you're rested. You've had your time off. You're going to get even more time off. Um, You're completely healthy, it's time for this guy to break through to a place that he was in the bubble, and now you're going to be asked to do it on even a, a, a larger stage with, you know, home crowds and, you know, uh, going on the road. And it's it's his time right now to break through into that superstar conversation. And those those are not um, forged in the regular season. You can begin to have those conversations, but right now is the time. Uh, that he needs to be the best version of himself. And if he's not, I don't give the Nuggets much of a, of, of a chance. These teams are too good, especially you get to that second round and you're going to play Phoenix, uh, who I think will beat the Clippers. Um, you're going to need the best version of that guy. Um, are we going to get it? We're, we're going to find out here. Uh, we're going to find out here very soon. Um, one of the most encouraging um uh, things that I watched at the end of the season, and boy, it was at the end, was uh, something that we've been documenting on this podcast for uh, quite some time, and that is the struggles of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who by the end of this season, uh, particularly in in um, uh, February and more so in March, uh, became unrecognizable. Uh, in the month of March, KCP shot just 25% from three. Um, in the first two games in the month of April, he was 0 for 3 and 1 for 3. So 1 for 6 in the first two games. But if you're looking for some momentum, if you're looking for some solace with KCP, he finished the season in Utah shooting 6 of 8 from 3, going for over 20 points for the first time. Um, my goodness, you got to go far back in his game log. Uh, to where he scored over 20 points. Did he do it any time this year? Yeah, one other time in the month of October, he got to 21 points. So he finished with a a spark at the very end of of this long road. Um, And I'm hoping, and and I'm looking for hope here, and I'm looking for silver linings with his struggles from his strong suit offensively, um, is he finished the season so well from three in that one game. Because I don't have... Anything else to work with, just isolate the one game, and hopefully that carries over um, despite the, the, the layoff. Um, okay, 
Uh, I think that is where we are going to uh, finish it today. We'll circle back later in the week uh, with an audio-only version of the Mile High Hoops uh, podcast. Um, Jokic is not going to win the MVP. Uh, that is becoming uh, increasingly clear. So I think that when that's actually announced, we'll circle back and have a larger conversation um, on what didn't happen uh, uh with with Jokic and all the commentary surrounding one of the most incendiary MVP conversations of of recent memory, um, we'll circle back to that. Um, and also, and I'm just preparing you. Okay, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it today, but CBS released an article. Okay, uh, listing the tiers of teams that would be potentially involved in a trade for Luka Doncic. I am bringing this up now because it's not going to be appropriate to bring it up during the actual games uh, of the NBA playoffs, okay? Because the Nuggets have uh, a, a chance to do something really special this season. But I'm just preparing you for what is coming if the Nuggets fall short. They're probably going to be a big-time shakeup with the roster if they're bouncing the first or second round. And I'm bringing up the CBS article because they listed seven tiers of teams who could be involved in the uh, the largest NBA trade uh, since the mid-1970s with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, okay? And the Nuggets were not in the seventh tier. That's the leak light, least, least likely. They were not in the sixth tier. They were not in the fifth tier. They were not in the fourth tier. They were not in the third tier. They were not in the second tier. The Nuggets were among three favorites to land Luka Doncic because they have the uh, uh, trade assets, they would be left over with existing talent. Even if they sent o- away Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, uh, he could come play with Jokic. He does not care as much about market. He does have a relationship with the Joker. And to see the Nuggets in this article released in the last 24, 48 hours with the Knicks in Oklahoma City, it stopped me in my tracks. And I don't want to take a deep dive into it because I don't think it's appropriate right now as we're on the doorstep of one of the most anticipated, if not the most anticipated postseason in the history of the Denver Nuggets. Um, But I'm telling you, if they fall drastically short, these conversations are going to be happening at such a volume that we are not used to. So it is now or never for the Nuggets to, um, here we go, let's blossom on the biggest stage. We've been building to this point for years, and it's finally here. It'll be this coming weekend, and I just cannot wait because I think the Nuggets have an opportunity to shake up the NBA world. Uh, How realistic uh, is that? Uh, Well, that's what we're going to talk about here over uh, hopefully the coming months, plural, uh, here on the Nuggets journey that has led us to this point. So we're going to leave it there for now, guys. I hope your week is off to a great start. Please, uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify or uh, any other place where you can rate or like, uh, subscribe, please do all that. Tell a friend it's the best way we can organically grow this podcast. All right, guys. We uh, will circle back a little bit later in the week because whoever the playoff matchup in the first round for Denver is, you already know we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.